Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, February 28th, 5.36 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. May corn futures down a quarter cent at 643 and a quarter. May soybeans down nine at 1503 and three quarters. May Chicago wheat up a quarter at 710 and a quarter. May Kansas City wheat down two at 815. May spring wheat down one and a half at 867. If you guys are watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel. I think I'm like eight subscribers away from the 8,000 mark. Should be able to get there today. Appreciate it as always. If you guys would like some additional info from me, check out the premium deal. I did a premium video or subscriber only video yesterday. This was a mailbag video. And in these mailbag videos, I answer questions that have come in from subscribers over the last, you know, seven or 10 days. Uh, one of yesterday's questions was this, if China invades Taiwan, is that bullish or bearish? Um, I discussed this in detail among a, a bunch of other questions that had come in from subscribers. Uh, these are some of the most popular videos that I do. If you guys want to see this stuff, sign up today, go to standardgrain.com. You can sign up on your phone or on your computer. It takes about one minute. It's a monthly subscription, 50 bucks a month. Cancel it any time, no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Just a ton of info direct from me guys uh, every single business day. We're going to start off with this SRW wheat chart today. So we fell to some 17 month lows in SRW wheat on a continuation basis yesterday below $7 per bushel uh, spot futures. This is kind of a crazy chart. So back in 2020, you know, COVID hits uh, SRW wheats sub $5 per bushel on the board. And then you had what I would call like an inflation hedge rally through a lot of 2021, you know, long commodity. Commodities are, are that's a good inflation hedge trade historically speaking. Then Russia invades Ukraine, uh, you know, about a year ago, and you see this huge spike up to 13 and a half. $14 on the board, then a collapse. And it didn't really take that long. By the time the Black Sea grain deal was signed uh, last summer, we had already um, erased most of those gains. And now you've done a total round trip back to levels that you haven't seen since the third or fourth quarter of 2021. So pretty crazy stuff. Russia has some cheap wheat. So Russia has a big wheat crop or had a big wheat crop and they are the world's largest wheat exporter. So they're essentially like the price setter here. And um, they're not helping matters with this cheap wheat that they have uh, floating around on the export market. Large money managers or funds are likely, likely is the key word here, uh, building a massive net short position in the SRW market. Some groups estimated that funds were net short uh, 135,000 contracts of SRW wheat at yesterday's close, which is a pretty big net short position. Although we don't know if that's real or imagined because we haven't seen updated CFTC data in a while. So Russia pre Russian uh, wheat prices continue to fall. And uh, that's something that has kept the US market under some pressure. Now, uh, we have some ugly crop conditions in the United States. We had a few states out with conditions reports yesterday. The Kansas winter wheat crop is rated only 19% good to excellent. Um, a whopping 51% of the Kansas crop is rated poor to very poor. And Kansas, of course, is the top winter wheat producing state in the United States. The Oklahoma crop, 36% good to excellent, 41% poor to very poor. Texas rated only 19% good to excellent and 49% uh, poor to very poor. Colorado, 29% good to excellent and 30% poor to very poor. So drought continues to plague a lot of your most important U.S. winter wheat areas. And the market does not seem overly concerned about that because our export uh, program is just very bad. 
Russia continues to sell wheat at, at discounted prices, and the markets just don't seem concerned about the uh, Black Sea situation whatsoever. U.S. corn shipments were soft again last week. USDA reported that only 23 million bushels of U.S. corn were inspected for export during the week ending February uh, 27th, I think. Uh, that might be a bad number. The print was down 8% on the week and down 63% versus the same week last year. Accumulated corn shipments for the current marketing year are down 38% versus the same period last year. Sales are down 40%. So I think USDA is probably, the longer we go here, the, the, the easier it is to make the argument that USDA is overstating exports. It's just by question of how much. Is it 50 million? Is it 100 million? Is it 200 million? Depends on who you ask, and it depends on what happens during the next six months. You know, we're essentially smack dab in the middle of the marketing year here. The current marketing year ends on August 31st. So you've got some time to improve, but uh, the fact that Brazil's probably going to have a big crop, the fact that um, uh, China canceled some U.S. corn last week, uh, not necessarily a good sign. Now, planting delays in Brazil uh, do remain an issue. One farmer group estimated that 20% of the crop in Mato Grosso, and that uh, state is the country's uh, largest corn producing state when it comes to that second corn crop. 20% of the crops there will be planted outside of the ideal planting window. So they're going to be planted late. Uh, over the last three years, or from 2018 through 2020, USDA estimated that that state, Mato Grosso, accounted for 43% of the country's second corn crop. So uh, the delays have been caused by recent rains and soybean harvest delays, all as a result of just wet weather. Uh, the second corn crop, of course, is planted after the soybean crop. Brazil is the world's third largest corn grower behind the U.S. and China. And Brazil this year will probably export more corn than the U.S. for the first time since 2012. That uh, doesn't happen very often. WTI crude oil futures are on track for their fourth consecutive monthly loss. You've got some concerns regarding tight monetary policy, growing U.S. stockpiles, all of those things. U.S. crude stocks are at their highest level since May of 2021. WTI crude futures peaked near $130 per barrel following Russia's invasion of Ukraine a year ago and have reverted lower since. We're about 77 here this morning. Russia plans to reduce output in March amid tightening Western sanctions, yet the market appears totally uh, disinterested in that story. The China reopening story hasn't really done much to uh, help the crude market either. Uh, today is the last day of the spring insurance pricing period for uh, corn and soybeans and also for spring wheat. Uh, D23 corn futures likely to average somewhere in the low 590s during the month of February. No soybeans should be somewhere in the mid-1370s. You may see a slightly increased volatility reading in corn, especially uh, given the volatility here the last few days uh, versus maybe what we thought it would be a week or two ago. The cattle market was marginally lower yesterday. Feeders were higher. Uh, not much of a reaction to that cattle on feed report, which was really kind of a neutral affair. U.S. dollars flat. Stocks are just marginally higher. The S&P's up 10. Dow Jones up 70 points. Gold's down seven. Uh, crude oil is up $1.25 in the April futures. Uh, WTI at 76.93, attempting a recovery. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you Wednesday.